0: Ready, Anne? Ready. Okay, this week we are back and better than ever, and we've got lots of fun things to talk about.
1: (laughs) I can't wait. This is is exciting. I'm building it up. You really are. And then I'm going to (laughs) deliver. Wow. You know what they say. You're supposed to under-promise, over-deliver. You set the rung at like a seven, and then you hit a nine. People will be thrilled. 9.5 9.5
0: Nine point five.
1: Nine point five. But if you set the have the bar set at nine point five and you miss. And when I'm <sighs> saying this, I'm imagining like what's that called? The people that go over pole vault what is that one called where they go over the
0: Yeah, the pole vault.
1: Pole vault. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And if you but if you try and you don't go over, people are gonna go, Well, that was very good.
0: We're gonna clear it in, don't worry. Outrageous to move my body. I This
1: is that's outrageous, and I am Chrissy, and I am Anne, and I'm just thinking about a pole vault, and how that just seems insane.
0: I don't know how anyone thought to do it. It seems very yeah, silly.
1: How that became a sport, and how one can propel, how you even get your body to do that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Anne. Maybe that'll be our Guinness Book. Of, well, we'll never make a Guinness. No, book. I'm that. afraid
1: I'd impale myself or something
0: you wouldn't even get off the ground let me i wouldn't
1: i I don't think i think you needed a lot of upper body strength i guess right because you have to stake it in the ground and then like hoist yourself yeah
0: i i don't have that kind of
1: um, i mean i have zero interest to learn or or investigate i'm just yeah
0: it it seems very daunting
1: it does oh well yeah we won't do that okay
0: but this is not gonna be daunting and this is going to be delightful I'm sorry I'm overselling it again here we go <laughs> yeah this is gonna be pleasant well I'll just say this you sent me a text saying this story was like your favorite story of all time so oh
1: I don't even remember that shows you how much I must have loved it
0: you loved this story <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna remind you it is about a flamingo
1: oh yes this is a good one this is this is a good one
0: been on the run since 2005
1: isn't that amazing 16 years a flamingo has been on the run
0: uh, 17
1: 17 yeah
0: 17. yeah this flamingo uh, escaped from a county zoo in wichita kansas in 2005 it is known as number 492
1: number 492 is like kansas is not for me i gotta go
0: yeah, one of the workers at the zoo had forgotten to clip the flamingo's wings. That's what, how they keep these poor animals uh, in their pens.
1: That's really depressing. The more I think about it, the more zoos upset me.
0: Yeah, well, this one uh, did not get its wings clipped and flew away, facing flew the, long flew the
1: coop. As flew they the say.
0: coop. Yes, uh, it faced long odds for survival in a region of the country with no other flamingos. And few environments suited for its needs.
1: Because flamingos I, I imagine that they need warm weather. And I don't know if that's just because I'm what I'm trained to think. I don't know if they can survive in cold, can they? I don't know.
0: I don't know, but this one did fly south. It flew to Texas. It must have had an instinct.
1: Yeah. Because Kansas gets cold, doesn't it? It gets pretty cold oh, yeah. in the winter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, this one flew to Texas and there was a fishing guide out in Edna, Texas. He said his customers often claim to see flamingos, mistaking them for the smaller, but also pink spoonbills that are common to the Gulf coast. And he always has to say to them, no, there are no flamingos in Texas. Well, yes, there are. Correct. He said this day, he couldn't believe his eyes. There was sure enough, a flamingo. And he said his brain was telling him, no way you're looking at a flamingo, but his eyes were telling him, that's what it is. There's no mistaking it.
1: (laughs) Hmm. I love that. I love that the flamingo is like, fuck right on off and has been able to evade everybody for 17 years.
0: Yeah. So, you know, they tag these birds. So that's how they confirmed that it was number 492. I love Um, it. They have since nicknamed it Pink Floyd. <laughs> um, and then people were saying that they had spotted this flamingo in the in the past few years.
1: But how would you know that's the flamingo? Are you getting close enough to see the number on it?
0: Well, I guess the thing is that there are no flamingos in Texas. Why? I, I guess that's just not their native habitat. And so they, I, I think they're taking a leap that this must be the same one because there should be no flamingos in Texas. But is
1: he lonely?
0: Yeah, I, I that's a, that is a good question. Well, it was one of 40 flamingos to arrive at the Kansas Zoo in 2003. Um, so he did leave all of his friends behind. Oh, sorry, there was another flamingo that, that flew the coop at the same time, <gasps> number 347.
1: Maybe they were supposed to team up and go together and they got separated
0: yeah they think 347 went north and was never seen again they think it didn't survive the winter
1: oh no well now this is making me sad
0: yes but 492 smart smart bird uh i guess the environment is uh amenable to flamingos with the shallow salty wetlands and high temperatures year round
1: i mean do you think they broke out and what they're like you go that way and i'll go this way and then-
0: it could have been and then apparently there was a caribbean flamingo that was seen in texas and those two found each other but they haven't been seen together since 2013
1: they had a falling out in 2013 (laughs) i guess so had to go their separate ways
0: and i didn't know this but flamingos in the wild can live into their 40s wow but their predators are foxes and bobcats but they don't really I guess there aren't very many predators like that in Texas. So, um, it seems like it's it's doing pretty well.
1: Well, I say rock on Pink Floyd.
0: Rock on Pink Floyd, good one good one. I
1: love that. I love that it's he's like, I'm going to the beach.
0: Yeah, well now he's been found and I guess people this might be a hobby for people. They're not gonna send him back to the zoo. So they're just gonna like the
1: they're just Gonna let him be.
0: They're gonna let Pink Floyd do his thing in Texas.
1: Good. I like that the flamingo has more um autonomy rights than women do in Texas.
0: <laughs> All right, and here's here's a story that really is outrageous and dangerous. I would think. I, I I don't know how this works, but oh my. Okay. There is a man in Germany who got the covid vaccine 90 times
1: 990 90 nine zero?
0: Nine, zero. how
1: does that even how can you even do that
0: i don't know how he was allowed to do that but do you know why he was doing it
1: obsessive compulsive disorder
0: no he was then selling his vaccination cards to people who refused to be vaccinated.
1: <laughs> he's like, I'll take it for you. So
0: why that would they could then why use the card?
1: That's deranged. The whole thing is deranged. Why not just falsify cards? Why does he have to go and actually get the
0: vaccine? Yeah, well, he's false. He must be falsifying his identity because you can't there's data at least in the all right in the u.s there's databases you can't get vaccinated 90 times so he must be using false names but they're valid cards so he just well that's dumb i also think it must be there has to be some kind of health risk that he's taking
1: i would think so i can't imagine 90 times isn't going to do something
0: Yeah, and it says it's not immediately clear what the impact of 90 shots of COVID-19 vaccines had on his health. But in Germany, many COVID-19 deniers refuse to get vaccinated, but they want to have the coveted COVID-19 passports that make access to public life and venues such as restaurants, theaters, swimming pools, and workplaces easier.
1: Well, I think that's deranged. It is
0: deranged. Yeah. It's crazy. There's also, you know, obviously there's still a lot of covid being spread in germany so this certainly is not helping things
1: no it's not it's not helping him yeah i'll be curious to see what happens to this guy maybe nothing maybe he'll be fine but it's just seems it seems like there was probably a better way to commit fraud and make money and make money yeah and make
0: money. yeah well this guy 90 shots
1: i mean you know look he, he was putting his money where his mouth is her <laughs> mountain,
0: or money, where his <laughs> arm is. Where his arm is? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. I would never even. I wouldn't even get more than was recommended. Why would you even do that?
1: I don't know. This
0: crazy, crazy world.
1: Crazy in. world.
0: Okay, here's some more craziness from our wonderful world. So this one is about a Japanese couple. In, I, I, apparently, in Japan, there is a law that states that couples must agree on a single last name to use after they get married.
1: So, somebody has to take the other person's name, or they have to have a, the same last name.
0: They have to have the same last They can combine their names. They can hyphenate their names. They can take okay. each other's names. But they both have to have the same name. Okay. So, there's a Japanese couple... Who could not agree on their last name. So they got married with, and this was what they agreed to do themselves. They got married with one name. They stayed married for three years. Then they got divorced. Oh, got remarried so they could change to a different name. What? Yes. Wow! And then they did it again. So they've done it three times. They've gotten married and divorced three times for the sole purpose of changing their last name.
1: Because every time you get divorced, it then triggers like you can. So if you get divorced, then you can go back to your own names.
0: Right. So, right. So you could, you know, you could get married with the name Smith and then you get divorced and you could have the name Jones and then you can get divorced and you can have the name Smith Jones or you could have. So again,
1: they've got to be friends with this guy who got the 90 vaccines because there's got to be a better way. There's (laughs) got to be a workaround somehow that doesn't require having to get married and divorced three times.
0: Yes, this was their workaround. They were, they couldn't decide. And they said, well, let's just have this be a temporary situation. So they just decided every three years they're going to get divorced.
1: So they, so what's the, what's the last name? They keep changing their identity every three years.
0: Yeah, It seems like a lot of paperwork.
1: That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. They can't settle on one name.
0: They could. the first, the first three years, they used his last name. The second three years they used her last name and now they're getting remarried again, using the husband's family name. I don't, why know can't they
1: just hyphen hyphenate their names?
0: i have no idea
1: these two sound exhausting they're i mean i guess they're they're a a match made in heaven because that just seems completely um unnecessary
0: it is it's exhausting is right also it anyway it just must make everything difficult filing taxes like any just too too much too much too much Um, and speaking of multiple identities, I think that is a good segue to the film we watched this week.
1: Oh, yes, that is a good segue.
0: Which, as we always say, if anyone has any suggestions, please send them to us. And someone actually did,
1: yes, we that's true. My dear friend Susan, um, who's been listening to the podcast since the beginning, she sent me a text not too long ago saying, Have you guys ever considered two of her favorite movies? One of which is House Guest, which is a movie with uh, Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn, which I have seen and I do like. And that was the first time I saw like real famous people because I was on vacation in Boston and with my mom and my sister and Stevie. And we stumbled upon them filming some of that movie on the street. So it was a thrill to see them on I saw you know from far away because you we were obviously far away but so I always think of that when I think of the movie house gust
0: right but that's not what we watched that's not <laughs> yeah. interesting aside interesting, but not what we watched yeah,
1: interesting story and the other one is Pacific Heights which I thought I had seen but I watched it last night and I had never seen it and which is shocking because it stars Michael Keaton who's one of my absolute favorites
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I said of course I've seen this I had to have seen this and then as it was on I'm like I don't think I've ever seen this
0: I had never seen it either it's from 1990
1: yeah I was certain I was like oh I've definitely seen it but I, unless I completely forgot
0: no I yes I, I don't think you would forget it though because the, the interesting thing about this movie and I tried to find something about this but I didn't is um Michael Keaton plays the villain, and I was wondering if he was, like, trying to, like, you know, expand his career by playing a villain, which seemed very out of character for him, but I I couldn't find any articles to back that up, but that was just my theory.
1: He's going against type.
0: Going against type, and I don't like him as a villain. I like him (laughs) as a charming, funny guy.
1: Well, wait, when did Batman come out? Michael Keaton Batman. Was that 1990 also?
0: No, I think that... It was that around was- then, wasn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Am I making that up? I thought it
0: was much... Early later, 90s. Like, maybe it was a little maybe bit later. like 95 or something.
1: But uh. I feel like he had done some dramatic work by then. I mean, He did clean and sober. He did, like...
0: Oh, actually... And you are right. It, uh, Batman with Michael Keaton came out in 1989.
1: Oh, there we go. So maybe he was just, like... And in that one, he's, you know... I mean, he's charming, but he definitely plays a more... You know, brooding type guy as Batman yeah, is. It's a
0: serious role. Yeah. Yeah. It's a serious role.
1: But in this one, he's like deranged.
0: Yeah. He's completely unhinged.
1: Although one would argue not nearly as unhinged as Matthew Modine, because this movie star, I think Matthew Modine is the craziest one in this whole movie. It's really? Matthew Modine. <laughs> yes. It's Matthew Modine and Melanie Griffith, who are a couple. Not married. Boyfriend and girlfriend, which they really kept driving that one home.
0: Well, because I think it was their finances were separate. Oh, right.
1: Who, who decide to purchase this giant Victorian home in San Francisco, although they don't have any money to do so. I mean, they literally are like, well, if we if we take every dollar we've ever had in our life and then make sure we have two two different tenants and nothing goes wrong we may be able to uh, keep our head above water. Yes. And that's how they go into it. Yeah. Which well, I'm they like, fall
0: in love with this place. Right.
1: As a fixer-upper, and, you know, this is it, this is going to be our home, blah, blah, blah. And their friend is like, I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, you really... I don't think you should be doing it. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine.
0: And and their friend, is played by Dorian Harewood, who... <laughs> Was from that terrible Henry Winkler (laughs) uh, Christmas Carol movie. Yes. (laughs) But that was the guy that I couldn't believe you hadn't seen before. I'm like, see, here he is. Dorian Harewood.
1: (laughs) Dorian Harewood was the only smart person in this whole movie.
0: (laughs) He was. He was. And there he was. The 90s classic Dorian Harewood.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, you two are fools, but go ahead and knock yourself out.
0: Yeah. And I think he was supposed to be, I, I didn't know if he was, like he was some kind of financial planner or something that they were looking to for advice.
1: Right. I mean, he seemed like as he had some sort of qualification to make yeah. that call for them. Although yeah. I think anyone with a brain and two eyes and two ears could have made that call. Yeah. Also could have been like, maybe don't get the giant Victorian, just get like a condo first.
0: Although I have to say, of course I was fixated on the real estate as I always am. I'm like, in 1990 was a tremendous amount of money but I still thought that was pretty much a steal for that size house in San Francisco I'm like that's a good investment that's
1: true but oh I guess early with the movie opens on is Michael Keaton having sex with (laughs) Beverly D'Angelo which I said I'm in (laughs) topless Beverly D'Angelo they're having sex they're at one point she has a um Ice cube in her mouth, and then she passes to his mouth, and then he traces her body with the ice cube. I said, "I'm already delighted."
0: Then also, it came out of like an orange juice glass. I'm like, "This is gross," <laughs>
1: but yeah. Okay. But I was like, "This is great." And then guys bust into the house and beat the shit out of him, and they just kind of sit there and are like, "Well, okay." So that's how the movie starts. So you start going, "Okay, something Michael Keaton's doing something." That requires him getting beat up and he was okay with it. So then we see this home, they're building it, blah, 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 fixing it all up. They decide, you know, that they need to not decide, they have to rent out two of these apartments to tenants so they can make the mortgage each month. So they rent first to this, they have a one bedroom and a studio, the one bedroom they rent to this lovely older couple who seem fine. Then the studio... We see Michael Keaton in his car, kind of like idling and kind of stalking the outside of the house, always with phone books. Yes. Why did he always have tons of phone books? (sighs) Do we
0: know? I, I think the phone books were somehow connected to how he picked his next victims. But how? I don't understand. Because I think that what <laughs> built this is before the internet, right? So many phone books. Lots of phone books. I think basically because they show that he had the kind of real estate listing, and then I think he figured out who had the had the title, and then he uses the phone, literally the phone book, to find them and and call them. Okay, that's what. But there, there because there was no other. But he did. He had at least 12 phone books at all at least
1: i mean that seems like a lot that's a lot to carry around with you but he did he was always had phone books
0: really set him free (laughs)
1: it's true (laughs) can you imagine but in the meantime this other nice man comes to try to buy or not buy rent the studio and melanie griffith is like okay cool first you have to fill out this credit check thing yeah credit check and he's like why why do i need to do it which i thought i was like Cause that's what you do. Like, it just seems like a strange thing to push back on. And he, and he's like, because I'm black. And she's like, no. And he said, okay, sorry about that, but I'll be back with my, um, application. So she says, okay, fine. So we see as the other couples moving in, his application had been put under the door, but it gets, you know, as it does fall on somebody's shoe gets thrown away. They never get it.
0: I know that I have to say that was, that was already, that was stretching it because it was like an orange piece of paper and like yeah. a million people walked in and out. And I'm like, nobody ever stopped to just pick this up.
1: Not one person's like, Hmm, this might be important. Not yeah. one. There's yeah. literally eight people pulling, bringing things in and out.
0: Yeah. Cut
1: to Modine. <laughs>
0: yeah. First of
1: all, this movie should be called Matthew Modine is a moron because he's the dumbest <laughs> he's the dumb he's the worst do you agree he's the worst everything about him i found so annoying top to bottom
0: yeah well yes i do agree and i that was sort of one of the things i liked about the film was that the female which usually isn't the way it is but melanie griffith was the smart one who figured in the end throughout the whole thing whole movie It it basically figures the whole thing out and is leading the charge to get this horrible situation that Matthew Modine gets them into. She gets them out of it.
1: He not only is he, you know, he's my worst, which is which is there's nothing worse than a confident idiot. And he (laughs) is has it in spades. He's always screaming. But anyway, so basically Michael Keaton comes rolling in. Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah. No, your girlfriend showed me the apartment. I like it. Matthew Modine's all oh okay can you fill out this application no I can't um because of a trust but I'll wire you the money and Modine's like okay
0: right and also he pulls up in a Porsche so he's he's right presenting an image of someone with a lot of money
1: yeah but the money's tied up right. in some sort of
0: off you know out of state bank for his client's trust yeah which is completely crazy And also, that was another weird thing, because when he, that night, he's telling Melanie Griffith, oh, I'm going to rent it to this person, and she's like, well, did you get the credit history? No, no, and she's like, well, what about the other guy who's going to drop off his, you know, credit history? And he, this again, they, this was, they pulled race into it again, he's like this is one of those minority <gasps> scams
1: yes. i wrote that down he goes he could be a minority scam artist and i was like what the fuck is even a minority scam artist
0: i i was like this is a strange layer to this whole thing and
1: also his friend dorian harwood is a black man he was taking his advice it, the, the whole that whole part was real weird I'm like what yeah. He's like, I'm not that's... saying, I'm just saying. I'm like, you're a piece of shit, Matthew Modine, and you have everything that's coming to you is deserved.
0: <laughs> well, maybe not everything.
1: Well, but... I'm just saying. Yes, so, he,
0: so they go, obviously, otherwise there wouldn't be a movie. They go with Michael Keaton.
1: Who promptly, literally is in there for what, like one hour? And already <laughs> he's like locked the door. Some other dude is living there. Modine's like, huh. That's suspicious. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous.
0: And they're constantly hammering and drilling. Drilling. And they can't see what's going on in there. And, of course, all of his promises that this money is coming never come true. And actually, Matthew Modine goes down to the bank and is yelling at them, like as yeah. if they've made some kind of error.
1: All he does is scream. I mean, he doesn't just yell. He He screams with rage so many times in this movie to the it it made me laugh like he he's just lost his mind and goes from zero to a hundred in about two seconds and the whole time i'm going how is melanie griffith with this guy melanie griffith is a delight beautiful charming smart this guy's a moron and he's taken her down with him.
0: yeah and i did read it it sounds like those two did not get along during filming which isn't a surprise because they really did not have much chemistry
1: no i wonder what happened well, he seemed deranged the whole movie. I was just like, Modine, God. I was wondering how to take up with Keaton.
0: Ugh. Well, apparently, originally, the Michael Keaton character was bisexual, and he sexually threatens both of them, Drake and Patty. But that is not what happened in the movie. Some, some, at some point, that changed.
1: Oh. Well, I would have liked that.
0: Yeah. So, And and the other thing is, the, the man who wrote the script, the, the screenwriter, um, Daniel Pine... He once rented an apartment to a tenant that he couldn't evict. So that was the Mm. inspiration for this. And I will say still timely because, you know, um, my sister-in-law had a, not to this extreme where someone was psychotic, but well, actually maybe they were psychotic. She had a tenant that she could not get rid of and lost thousands of dollars to trying to get rid of, uh, this woman. Oh, really? Yes. There's laws in New York that prevent that protect the renters yeah. even beyond when they have a lease and have stopped paying rent they yeah. still can stay in the apartment the
1: best part is he never paid one dollar and what's so funny is it's like he plays modine like a fiddle because obviously this is his business and he knows the laws so he matthew modine is turning off the electricity i mean all the things that you think he would know if you're going to be a landlord like you would probably know that you can't just like turn off people's electricity and heat and then michael keaton calls the cops and the cops show up and are like yeah you can't do that and modine starts screaming at the cops so he looks unhinged from the get-go and michael keaton's like yeah man i don't know man it's not i I don't know
0: yeah and it reaches such a point where he and the whole thing is they can never get into the apartment he's changed the, he's <laughs> yeah. changed the locks changed they the can't locks. get in and so he starts doing awful things like putting um cockroaches in the house in the apartment so it goes into the neighbor's apartment making yeah. so much noise they can't make him stop to the point where the couple who live in the other apartment are like we have to move out we can't live under these conditions anymore
1: yeah But also it was like in like faulty wiring because at one point the other couple's like trying to hang something on the wall and the thing gets shorted out. And again, Melanie Griffith goes and fixes it because Modine's useless. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) he's just the worst. Um, Oh, and then we find, so Melanie Griffith is all stressed out and she finds out she's pregnant. Yeah. And one of the strangest parts in the movie is Matthew Modine goes to her, congratulations.
0: Yeah, that was weird.
1: I was <laughs> like, "What is wrong with you?"
0: Yeah, that seemed like you're on your own. Good luck.
1: It did. It did. Yeah, yeah, it was. Congratulations.
0: Again, they were probably supposed to like hug and kiss, but they hated each other, so they wouldn't do it. Or I, I don't know. Yeah, they're like, "Okay, just say congratulations, and we'll move on."
1: Yeah. So she's totally stressed out because now she's pregnant. Of course, they're they've been in this house for one second, and all of a sudden they're like, they have no money because. He's not paying any of the rent. All these things keep breaking. They have to keep paying to repair. And he, Modena's losing his mind.
0: Yeah. And it winds up that they wind up hiring a lawyer to try to get him evicted. And the lawyer's played by Laurie Metcalf. Gotta love Laurie Metcalf. Yes. And she says to them what you said, and he's pl- He knows exactly what he's doing. He's playing you like a fiddle. You're doing everything wrong. Yeah, literally
1: everything you're doing is wrong and he knows what your next move is. And she keeps saying, don't take it personally. This is what this guy does for a living, clearly. right. And at one point, Beverly D'Angelo shows <laughs> up, which was strange. You know, she finds out where he is or she tries to get back in on it. So, you know, they realize, hey, he. this is what he does. He goes from home to home and he tries to, you know, basically get the house from i guess litigation from like suing that suing people
0: well that's the thing that's unclear is that his end game is to basically make them lose the house but he doesn't that's the thing that's not really clear because he doesn't have any money is what we find out later on he's part of this wealthy family but he's been cut off so how he is then going to buy this place is not at all clear. Like, even if he gets them to sell at a reduced rate, he he has no money.
1: Yeah, that pop part was very strange, too, because like the house that he was with Beverly D'Angelo with, she seems to still be in that house. But like, how and how and why? And wouldn't that be his money to sell that house?
0: yeah there's a lot of things that are unclear it's also unclear why he even needs partners in this it's not like like he has this guy that only goes by the name greg living in this (laughs) apartment he seems to never leave but what why why is he there like what is he doing except i guess you find out once they finally they do finally get rid of him but he's gutted the whole place so maybe that guy was like unhooking everything i have no idea and where where the moving truck was that took it all? No idea of that. Either. Yeah.
1: Well, what ends up happening is Modine once again loses <laughs> his fucking mind and beats the shit out of Michael Keaton. Like literally, put takes him through the glass door. Yeah. Beats him up yes. severely. But of course, pre called nine one one because he knew he this was what was going to happen because he yeah, knows Michael Modine's Keaton an idiot. 9-1-1. But he still gets beaten up terribly. The cops come, rip Modine off, and Modine starts going, "You, you've got the wrong man." And it's right. like you just be, literally beat up Michael Keaton almost almost to the point that he has to be hospitalized. Like he's so dumb, and it. it's like I want him to lose it all. I want Michael Keaton to have the house.
0: Well, I I didn't get there, but yeah, he and then so he gets arrested, but also. What happens is in that scenario, Michael Keaton then puts a restraining order against Matthew Modine. Yeah. So he goes to stay with Dorian Harewood.
1: <laughs> they coming through again. The only person with any sense in this whole movie.
0: Yes, leaving poor Melanie Griffith alone in that house, which I was like, that's not a good idea. It was
1: so dumb. He's leaving her alone in the house.
0: Michael not Keaton is doing all these creepy things to make her scared.
1: Yeah. What was with they had like a he had like a model home like he made like a model replica of the house yes. yes which who who knew he had the time or the skill
0: well and also he kept leaving it in her apartment so clearly why couldn't she call the police and be like he clearly came into my apartment and left this here like that can't be legal that he broke he basically broke into her apartment right but she never calls the police instead no. she just takes the model home and throws it out the window
1: yeah all that b- balsa wood <laughs> yeah it crumbled quickly it sure did just like her relationship michael- with michael matthew modine you <laughs> right. one would think
0: yeah and then matthew modine she calls him because she's scared so he comes over where he's not supposed to be because he has the restraining order again,
1: a fucking idiot he comes rolling right on up once again right into the hands of michael keaton
0: yes and michael keaton shoots him but makes it look puts a crowbar in his hand so it looks like he was attacking him
1: yeah and he shoots him
0: he shot him twice
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i mean not enough to yeah. kill him but enough to hurt him
0: i don't know why he didn't kill him he could have just killed him. he could
1: him. have he could have been like yeah defense
0: yeah but so now matthew modine is in the hospital and again melanie griffith is like how am i gonna figure this one out all of my dreams are being crushed i'm being I'll, i'm gonna be financially insolvent and my boyfriend now has two bullets in his arm and oh and i miscarried and lost my baby oh yes
1: yeah, she has a miscarriage she's they have no money now and now they have all these legal bills and medical yeah. bills yeah and Lori metcalf at one point says thank god you're not married to him because you you'd get dragged down in this mess too
0: right so the the only so they so but Lori metcalf at, at bare minimum is able to get him evicted And his partner runs off in the middle of the night and is basically like this is not how you told me this was going to go down and i'm out of here
1: right and she you know gets into the gets into the room sees he's completely destroyed it destroyed Um, it yeah like just tore everything down it's it's completely has to be redone again so she's devastated
0: yes and there is a point r- shortly before this when Matthew Modine is already injured, not shot. I don't think he'd been shot yet. Maybe he had. <laughs> but Modine. he is crawling under oh, yeah. the house. Modine. Yeah. And he crawls under right to where the hole is in the floor. And fortunately, Michael Keaton and his henchmen are having an argument where they conveniently say everything that michael that matthew modine needs to know that this is a scam that this is how it works He hears the whole thing
1: yeah oh yeah that's the other thing too michael keaton uses their garage with the car and he's like in there and the part where he was that part was creepy where he's in the car watching her while she's in the garage yeah
0: i was like why does he even get to put his car in that garage he shouldn't even be able to whatever anyway there's yeah how does he have
1: access to the garage
0: it seems crazy that just seemed crazy yeah but anyway so Melanie Griffith is like I clearly am the only one that can do anything I'm going to take things into my own hands and she starts researching him and very quickly she also talks to Beverly D'Angelo she very quickly pieces together who he is this whole situation that she finds
1: the picture like there was like a picture left behind uh, on in the the wreckage and his real name with his real name on the back And he, and that's the thing is we never really understand like what we know she ends up talking to the, you know, lawyer that the family of the family trust, who's like, we're not getting involved with him. He's bad news, but we never really understand what he did. Right. I mean, we saw that there's that scrapbook, but it's like, what did I wasn't clear on like what, what he did or didn't do that caused him to be kicked out of the family.
0: I think that they knew that he was doing these scams and then that's when they cut him off. I I think you could argue it could have been chicken and egg, like he started, but I don't think he started doing the scams because he was cut off. I think they knew he was crazy and they did not want to give him any um, money because that would be dangerous for someone like him, clearly. So then he decided to take on all these other identities, which I think also goes into the phone book and then scam people out of money right so what it seen what she she ends
1: up figuring out she figures out from beverly d'angelo that he's now staying in a marriott in los angeles yes and she tracks him down gets there gets into his room does the old i left my key i miss his so-and-so notice that he's now going by modine's name so yes. basically, it's like he yes. kind of assumes the identity of whoever he just scammed and and she goes into his room and she finds all of these files and um, you know, he has a passport and credit cards and everything in the name of Modine, right And she's like, oh shit. and then she sees you know he because he has this briefcase and of course all the phone books and she sees <laughs> God forbid he loves the phone books behind. She sees. That he's done this a million times, and he's very well organized. I will say.
0: Oh yeah, he yes he yes he's very good at this. He has he has all he has a Modine passport. He has Modine driver's license. He has all these forms of identification, and she had followed him, so she knows that he's now trying to woo this widower who has a very expensive property.
1: And you saw who that was, right? yes it was tippy hedron melanie griffith's mom exactly yeah that was that was a big thrill for me i was like oh my god look it's tippy hedron
0: yeah she has a bit of a cameo she gets to be in one scene well yeah you see her from afar but then you don't i didn't realize it was her until she was at the police station
1: i noticed her on the boat oh you did yeah
0: that was from pretty far away Anne.
1: i know but i don't think she even says one word in the whole movie though
0: no, because no. they go into the police station, I don't think she says anything.
1: I don't either. But that was a that was a thrill.
0: Yeah. So Melanie Griffith, you know, of course, tells Matthew Modine, who's sitting there all laid up, you know, well in the camp move, all this stuff, that he <laughs> needs to cancel oh, all of his bank accounts and credit cards and freeze everything. And she delights as all of this comes crumbling down around him because she's in the hotel sort of seeing him getting the information firsthand
1: right and she does this whole thing like oh we want to plan a big dinner party and blah 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 blah" to trigger the hotel to see that now the credit cards are canceled yes Yes. and then who flips out this time but one Mr. Michael Keaton yes who starts yelling about running the credit cards again these men none of them can keep their cool
0: no and then there was a scene um reminiscent of deep water Anne, where uh <laughs> oh, yes. she escapes in the taxi <sighs> and he's chasing the taxi on foot for a very, very long, long time. time
1: full speed Difference is melanie griffith was maxing and relaxing in the back because she knew he couldn't catch up
0: yeah she wasn't trying to text anybody and driving off a cliff
1: no although it was la traffic theoretically he could have caught up to her at some point <laughs>
0: Well that's why I was like at what point are they pulling away from him because he really could not keep up for this long he was <laughs> running side by side along cars <laughs> he was like in the middle of the traffic
1: <laughs> he was really he was trying his best yeah because he notices out of the corner of his eye that it's her and he knows he's been bested
0: yes and he goes flying out after her well he's a fast runner but he can't keep up with the yellow taxi <laughs> but now he's of course hell bent on revenge so he of course, you know shows up back at the old house yeah and has a golf club it looks like
1: yeah i mean they foreshadowed several times in the movie about how look you know let it go let it go don't make it personal this guy's not doing it personal but he's now taking it very personally
0: yeah and he matthew modine is asleep and he clobbers him with this golf club i mean several (laughs) times there's no way that he could have lived through that but yet he did
1: once again completely useless Modine he doesn't even hear him break in I mean there's literally not one thing not one that Matthew Modine does to help anybody ever he only makes every situation worse
0: yeah and once he clobbers moldine Mo- moldine <laughs> Modine. <laughs>
1: yeah don't, Modine and moldine had nothing in common
0: nothing <laughs> He goes downstairs. There's this whole thing with the cat. The cat's constantly a source of, like, where's Kitty? Where's Kitty? Kitty should just be in a cage so that they don't have to look for Kitty. But (laughs) she's looking for the cat. Of course, Keaton is in the house, and he grabs her, and they have this whole physical struggle where somehow Matthew Modine gets up and shows up (laughs) down there. Yeah, yeah. He's back under the house. He goes right from the third floor, all the way down to the basement.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Where he crawls under the thing again, his favorite spot where everyone just <laughs> happens to always be standing. <laughs> and as Michael Keaton is threatening Melanie Griffith with a nail gun, a nail
1: gun. They love a nail gun in like the early nineties Remember in color of night too. There was the nail gun.
0: They love the nail gun. Of course. And he shoots the nail gun twice that misses her, which is impossible to do. And then he finally has it right at her temple and it misfires and, and then not misfires. It doesn't fire. And Matthew Modine can grab his ankle. <laughs> All he does is grab his ankle. Yeah.
1: He grabs his ankle and Michael Keaton does. the old one of those. I'm doing yeah. my hands backwards. If so people can't see me, but he's yeah. like doing the, Whoa, it looks like he's going to fall off a building. Like that's how they kind of shoot it. But yeah. really it's, you know, a very small. It's our version of a pole vault. It's very. It's a small.
0: It's a trust fall.
1: Yeah, right on to like rebar. I guess is what is what that was right.
0: Yeah, inexplicably, there's some kind of uh metal spike coming out of the floor.
1: Yeah, but the whole time he's yelling at Melanie Griffith, he's like, "You have invaded my personal information." It's like I wanted her to go, um, same,
0: sir. Yeah. So he gets impaled and dies. Mm-hmm. i actually for a second thought he wasn't gonna die and i was like that would really be crazy
1: yeah well i thought they were gonna do the old she was gonna go over and check on him and then yeah. he was gonna grab her you know
0: it did seem like that yeah She I was, was just staring at him just like looking at him i'm like yeah right. but then during
1: that whole time he's saying something about like i have to like pay for people and i support my family and that whole part i did not understand
0: yeah i thought he was having some kind of like mistake at, like i think he was talking as if he was his brother, because he ha- he has a brother who's sort of in control of this trust who's cut him out. So I'm like, is he, like, confused as to who he is, like he actually thinks he's his brother? Oh, I didn't put, I don't know. Because he had so many personalities, I mean, yeah. that, identities, I should say. I think he was acting like he was his brother. So well, that could be. But anyway, yeah. he dies. Yeah, he's dead. And good riddance.
1: Too bad he didn't take Modine with him.
0: So now Melanie Griffith and Matthew Modine have to once again redo this whole apartment. There's a lot of money that's going on here.
1: Yeah. By the way, she's redoing all of it. You know she is because he's so injured from all of his various injuries.
0: That was the thing. A lot of it they do as DIY. I'm like, I don't know that these two could do this nice of a job on this.
1: No. With their DIY. I know he can't. That much I know. She could do it. Him, no.
0: Yeah. So then the last scene is that they're showing the house. They're now going to sell the house. They're showing it to another couple who also, it's like a big loop. They're like, I don't know if we can afford this. Oh, but I love it so much. We have to have it.
1: Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, I mean, several times, at one point she goes to, um, you know, they try to get loans from a million banks. Everybody says, no, no, no. She even goes to like a really um, shady loan guy, um, Nick Tortelli
0: yeah yeah it was great yeah
1: yeah what's his name dan H- dan hadaya or um and even he's like yeah no i'm not giving you a loan he's like sell the house like right. all of this could have been solved if they were like look we got in over our head like let's just sell and just cut our losses but
0: no well, and they did wind up selling because they had the sale price. They did wind up selling it for more than they bought it for. But I would argue for the amount of money that they lost, it might have been breaking even.
1: Yeah, especially with all the legal bills on behalf of Modine.
0: Yes, there was, there were, that, those were mounting mounting legal bills.
1: The biggest shock to me is that they end the movie as a couple. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I were Melanie Griffith, I would have been like, beat it
0: yeah yes they did end as a couple and they were just like after they were i mean obviously the love was lost for the house after everything they went through but they were like the other couple's like don't you just love this house and they're like no we always just saw it as an investment yeah don't you have to disclose
1: if someone died in the house
0: oh i don't know i don't think so there couldn't have been that much time that transpired between the guy getting killed in there and um house selling i mean it had to have been in the news
1: that's true you think it would have been in the news
0: there was a crazy lunatic who gets killed in the uh, apartment where he refuses to leave
1: yeah oh we forgot to mention too there's a part there's a part in the movie too where when melanie griffith goes to the police station to file you know some kind of report and who walks out but the guy she was originally going to rent the apartment to that she was going to rent the apartment to, yeah. and he he's like the chief of police or something yeah. and he's like oh yeah i recognized your name don't you wish you would have rented it to me and she's like i never got your thing and he's like yeah yeah whatever
0: yeah he doesn't believe her which i don't blame him Why i don't would blame he?
1: him either I'm like, mm. and he says the same thing to her like just let it go man let it go and what does she do not that
0: no she goes to seek her revenge yeah so, I mean, I would say I thought this movie was very creepy, though that was the that was the goal. It was supposed to be like a creepy thriller. It was a fine movie. I didn't love it. I didn't dislike it. I just, I think it was hard to watch with Michael Keaton in that role again, because I don't really like him in the creepy, stalkery kind of. Yeah, because he's
1: just so charming and wonderful. You just don't want to honestly it was Matthew Modine I could he I think that's why I liked it because he made me so angry I just hated him so much within the first three minutes of the movie I was like this guy's the fucking worst
0: I had no feelings like that at all you
1: didn't I was like I couldn't get over what an idiot he was and the way he would scream at one point he was in (laughs) at one point he was in the I think he was in the garage and he was so mad because Michael Keaton like left his car laying around like pieces of the car and (laughs) he got so enraged and he was just shaking and like he was going to bash the car and Melanie Griffith is like don't do it it was like he's just the worst
0: well and I I do I think they did a good job of showing how you could reach your breaking point with someone who's intentionally pushing all of your buttons but he reached it in
1: 24 hours of Michael Keaton moving in (laughs) he's banging on the door pay me your money like he you can't sympathize with him at all because he's just nuts
0: well the stakes are so high they set the stakes so high from the beginning that they literally need every penny and the fact that as soon as soon as this man moves in he is causing an issue within as you said within 24 hours they have no money from him and yet he's in there
1: yeah and the other couple when they move out, they're like, Look, man, we gotta go. Um, you can sue us if you want, but you're not gonna get the money. And they're like, Fuck. Right.
0: And they kind of knew that they didn't have the money to sue them anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I just think it, it's it's a real, it's a relatable thing. I think especially anyone who has had to deal with tenants can certainly see how this situation rings true. It just yeah.
1: that made me be like, I never wanna do that. No but at this rate I'll you know I, I'll never have a house to do that with but um no
0: but it, it's 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 also the I guess the other thing is it's also very predictable. It's like you know from the beginning how this is going to go. Like he's going to keep driving them crazy and they're going to keep doing dumb things that fall right into his hands and there's going to be some kind of big violent end to this. Yes.
1: Yeah. Which I and- which which was all exciting.
0: And that's basically what happens.
1: You know what? It wouldn't have worked out anyway. Let's be honest.
0: Oh, even without Michael Keaton? Yeah.
1: Even if the nice police detective was the guy who moved in, they weren't, they're were not cut out for that. It
0: wouldn't have worked. Well, I think it is sad that they couldn't make it work because if they still had that house in San Francisco, it's probably worth $20 million today.
1: Oh, easy. Easy. Huge.
0: It was huge.
1: Huge, huge giant house on the corner.
0: Yeah. I also blame Matthew Modine for that one.
1: Of course, he's to blame for literally every problem,
0: from top to bottom. I think Michael Keaton had some some share of the blame.
1: But Michael Keaton would have never been admitted into the house
0: had it not been for Matthew Modine. That is correct.
1: Yeah, they would have had a a cop stay in there.
0: Yeah. So listen, I I'll give it a Modine. I'm gonna go midway, right down the middle. Again, not a horrible waste of time but not something that you're like, ooh, that was really good. Because everything happens What you, other than Melanie Griffith kind of pulling one over on him, which does feel satisfying. Yeah, that was good. It's all pretty much one note.
1: Yeah, but I usually like, I like those kind of movies. But I'm going to give it to Modine too, just because of Modine. And he made me so angry. <laughs> Never have I wanted the villain to persevere so much. I, I mean, I was like, just get Modine out of this.
0: That's what, well, that's what Melanie Griffith was saying in real life as well.
1: And can you blame her? If he's half as annoying as the character was, then I don't know how she she did it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although you'd think that she and Michael Keaton could get along, but I guess no one had a good time making this movie, and maybe that also came across.
1: Maybe. Except
0: for Dorian Harewood. He was giving it his all.
1: (laughs) He was. Supporting cast was, look, Matt Calf, she was all in.
0: Yes beverly d'angelo
1: d'angelo's like yeah i'll suck on a i'll suck on an ice cube and pass it back to michael keaton by the way so would i that was something
0: that was a weird and also she didn't she wasn't even in the credits
1: no she wasn't yeah that was the best scene in the whole movie is the first what five minutes
0: yeah i was like what's happening here and then we like, didn't see her again for like a half hour
1: no i'm like whose breasts are those and then i was like oh beverly d'angelo's looking Gosh. good
0: she and Michael Keaton.
1: Yeah. So you know what? So for that, I'm giving it a Muldoon.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Just for the opening, you could have just watched the first 45 seconds.
1: Just for the Ice Cube. <laughs> the, ice cube. <laughs> the Ice Cube takes it from Muldoon to Muldoon.
0: <laughs> well, I, I'll just say that was the other thing because you don't realize who these two people are, and then I was like, "This is Michael Keaton in a sex scene." That was I was like, "Yeah, oh, I don't know."
1: Yeah, so for that, for giving me a Michael Keaton sex scene, you know, it was brief. Muldoon.
0: Michael Keaton and Beverly D'Angelo is very. What a combo. What a combo. Well, (laughs) and regardless, I will say thank you to Susan for suggesting a film. We're always happy to entertain any kind of film that people want us to suggest. That's
1: true. Keep the ideas coming because we're every week, we go, I don't know. What do you think? I don't 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 know. know Yeah,
0: I, I had never even heard of this movie. So, again, it's good to discover new things. All right, Anne. Well, we'll see oh. what we drum up next week. Yes. I can't wait. I can't wait. And in the meantime, practice that pole vault.
1: You know, I will. And by that, I mean I'm going <laughs> to jump.
0: <laughs> like,
1: Can you imagine? If that ever I, happens, if I'm like, if I ever say I'm taking it pole vaulting, <laughs> you have to really go, I think, I think it's happened. I think she's really had a breakdown.
0: I'm going to, I'll be there with a video camera.